When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everyone? It's Orlando with the KGW 3-on-3 Blazers podcast. Here is a sample of what's ahead. An emotionally exhausting night for the Portland Trail Blazers coming so close to getting the dub in Phoenix. We will break it down. Plus, let's look ahead down to the final game of the regular season, and there is still a lot to play for. The playoff picture starting to clear up. That, and of course, we've got Rip It, baby. Let's start the show. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. Joined, as always, by Jared Cowley and Max Barr. So good to see you guys. Thank you so much for everyone rocking with us and continuing to support the podcast by subscribing, leaving us those positive reviews, and letting everyone else know about the podcast. We appreciate you oh so much as we do this thing via Zoom. Guys, what a week or two it has been in Rip City. So much to be excited about. It's just a bummer that it had to end the way it did in Phoenix. So you know how we do this thing. Three questions, three answers, because there's three of us, and we've got to get right to that game. The Blazers coming up short Thursday night in a one-point heartbreaker against the Suns. What were your guys' takeaways from this game? Man, what what a game last night. It was it had playoff like intensity. You could tell how much both teams wanted that game. They both had so much to play for still. My main takeaway from the game, I mean it was a tough loss obviously, but Damian Lillard is peaking at the perfect time for the Blazers. Last 10 games, he's averaging 32 points and 7 assists. He's shooting 55% from the field, 47% from 3, mm. and 94% from the free throw line. And when I saw him start the fourth quarter, it was game on. I was like, yes, he did not take a rest in the second half. He played 43 minutes, which I think was smart considering that they had two days off before they faced Denver. But man, it's just unfortunate. It had to end the way it did. He was so incredible in the fourth quarter. And it's just so unfair that, that one team had to lose that game. <laughs> uh, for me, I mean, if it's just think about how much difference one point makes. I mean, throughout the season, it all evens out. Uh, I went back and looked. The Blazers are four and four in one-point games this season. They beat the Raptors, the Bulls, the Pelicans, and the Spurs, and they lost to the Celtics, Clippers, Nuggets, and Suns in these one-point games. But it just seems worse lately because in the past month they played five one-point games and they're one and four in those games. And in each one of those losses, if you're a fan, it's heartbreaking. I was talking about it with you guys before we started recording. Like it's hard to fall asleep after a loss like that. You just stay up, you're tossing, turning, thinking about the game, replaying it in your mind. The next day you feel a little bit gloomy. Uh, So for me, it's like, I know these kind of games are toss-ups. I understand that. I just wish I could separate the emotion I feel, the disappointment, et cetera, from 
the reality of what a game like this really means. Because like Max said, I mean, he just pointed out how well Damian Lillard has been playing. This one loss doesn't change the pro positive recent trajectory of the Blazers or Damian Lillard's production. They're still playing excellent basketball. And last night you saw a game where both teams played incredible. Both teams showed that they're very good teams heading into the playoffs, but only one team can win it in the end. And Phoenix, Phoenix got the break. So it was, uh, it was a tough one for me, one of the tougher losses of the season. But, but a really good game. It just, unfortunately, one team had to come up on the short end of the stick. Big takeaway for sure is just how masterful Dame was in that fourth quarter to mm -hmm. start the quarter seven for seven. Like Max mentioned, just going into attack mode. I loved the fact that you saw two NBA teams that really wanted a game, that both had something to play for. It was such a beautiful sample of what's ahead for the playoffs. Like just a, a nice appetizer of a potential playoff matchup with two teams going head to head that were at relatively full strength. We know Aiton didn't play in that game, but uh, to have those two backcourts, all-star level backcourts uh, going head to head, it was, it was so awesome. And Dame did everything in his power to try and win that game for the team. Even, you know, the, I've wanted this a lot more is, is just seeing the way he's attacked the way he's gotten to the basket, yeah. um, he's had some strong finishes. Even the, the layup that gave them the uh, three-point lead, I believe, with about a minute to play or so. Uh, it was just that – was, that was fun basketball. And the, the past few weeks have been super entertaining. I know the folks at TNT ha have got to be loving that, to have a game like that, to have that stage. And, and Dame just seems to rise to the occasion in those moments over and over. But – as the great Bill Shonley would say, you got to make your free throws because that, that turned out to be the difference. You know, Covington misses back-to-back -back free throws, which I, I thought for sure he splits that. I thought there was no way he misses both of them. And then to go on, on the other end and have Booker knock down two free throws, just clutch. We talked about the, uh, the call, whether it should have been a call, Norman Powell um, getting the whistle called on, on that play. Credit to, to Booker for selling it. You know, Stotts has, has to, um, you know, challenge the call, try and get a few seconds back on the clock, and the Blazers aren't able to get up a shot at the end of the game. Just, oh, it, it's sickening to, to see it end that way. But it's, it's not all, all lost. They, they've won nine of their last 11. They're, they're playing yeah. their best basketball of the season right now. I think there is a lot to be optimistic. It's just that you knew – what was on the line with this game, a chance to at least lock up the sixth seed, guarantee yourself out of that play-in tournament, uh, which would have been nice and kept you in the running for the fifth seed. And I know technically they're still in it, but just the chances of that are, are going to be really tough to get there. So it was just that big game. And even listening to the post-game press conference afterwards with Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, you could tell how badly they wanted to win this game. Just, just the, the faces, the, you know, the second game of a back-to-back -back playing the two top teams in the Western Conference and being able to hold your own like that. The, the silver lining when, when I sit here and think about that is that they went head-to-head -head with a legitimate team in the Western Conference. Like, on the road. On the road, on the second of a back-to-back. -back. Like, there's a lot to like about this team, even though you lose such a, a big game. And this season, that's pretty much as tough as it gets for a back-to-back. -back. Yeah. You know, you've got Utah and Phoenix. 
You mentioned Dame and CJ Orlando, and they played great. I was a little disappointed in the play of Yusuf Nurkic in the Suns game. I mean, I've been banging the drum about his minutes for weeks. And for the most part, he's been flirting with 30 minutes, and he's been great. His defense has, has elevated the team significantly. Against Utah, Nurkic was great despite only shooting three of 14 from the field, but he had 15 rebounds, six assists, three steals, and four blocks. And last night, we got the news that DeAndre Ayton was going to be out. I thought it was a great opportunity for him to go, you know, full Nurk alert against the Suns. But I think he let his emotions get the best of him a little bit. He get, picked up some offensive fouls. He had he had four turnovers, which is the most he's had um, in a long time. And Jared, you brought up the one-point loss. You know how you can give the other team one point? A technical foul. He mm-hmm. got frustrated. He yeah. picked up a technical foul in the third quarter. Devin Booker made that free throw. There's your one point right there. And yeah, the only other the only other takeaway I wanted to bring up to you guys and wanted to hear what you think about it was the the inbound play where Covington got the ball. I just don't know how you don't make every effort to get Lillard the ball in that situation because he if he gets it he's making both those free throws there's no doubt in my mind what what did you guys think of that of that play yeah I mean it's inexcusable like if that was like the last play of the game they play you know call up a play for for Dame to get the ball they're getting Dame the ball and I mean I know that the Suns are paying extra attention to Lillard but that always happens you have to get the ball into Dame in that situation I looked up the clutch stats this season. Dame is shooting 94.7% from the free throw line in the clutch. Covington is an 80% free throw shooter this season. But in the clutch, he's shooting 58% from the line. In that situation, you have to get the ball to Lillard. You can't just get the ball to Covington because he pops open. You've got to get it to Lillard. Hard to disagree with that. I mean, that's the man. Like, that's who you have to put the ball in the hands of. And so... You've got to do everything you can there. I know that Covington has been a, a good free throw shooter, and I'm surprised to see him miss a bowl, really. Like, it was it was option four, I guess, on yeah. that on that play, and he came open. But, yeah, you've got to do everything you can to get it into Dame or CJ's hands, specifically Dame in those situations. B- bummer. D- a total bummer right there. Uh, but, but, I mean, there were, there were other moments that, that led up to, to all of these things that, you know, you, you had this game. Like it, it slipped away from your hands if you're the Trailblazers. That final foul call, and I don't, I really, I don't talk about officiating very often. I'm not the the mind usually that officiating uh, decides games. I think that it, it evens out, and even this one, it probably did. And that foul call, you know, against Norman Powell, that was a foul technically. There was contact, but a foul should not be called in that situation to decide a game, especially when the contact was not egregious. I mean, watching that game, the thing that frustrated more more than anything else is the refs let both teams play last night. Throughout the game, it was tough. It was physical. Both teams were allowed to be aggressive on defense. There were 35 fouls called all game. That's three below these teams' averages. So they were letting the teams play. Norman Powell had played tough physical defense on Booker all game long. That was probably Norman Powell's best defensive effort of the season. So why in the final second of the game – does the ref suddenly decide it's touchy-feely huggy time and make that call? 
I'm not cool with that. Be consistent in the way you call the game. A game like that should not be decided at the free throw line unless it's the, the contact is so egregious that you have to make the call, and it was not. That was, that was a bad call. Man, Jared's looking at a $50,000 fine from the league. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was so weak. It was, it was definitely a weak call, and uh, I hate to see games decided like that. That it's it's a either way. I mean, even if if you're a Blazers fan and and you know the the roles were reversed, like you'd be happy that your team won. Sure. But on the inside, you're like, eh, it would have been nice to have you know our team come down and knock down a shot to take take that game. But you yeah, it's always a bummer. Somewhere. It's always a bummer when you see it just an excellent game end in a sem- at least a semi controversy. You know, because that was as good as it gets from a regular season. NBA game. Yep, and you could you could feel the the buildup throughout the game. I, I think there were twenty six lead changes, eighteen ties in this game. Like just an awesome, awesome game in terms of just entertainment value, intensity for a regular season game. Like you felt it; it's ramping up. Like it's getting real. It's playoff time, and so that was fun. And the the desire to not want to be in that play in is real. And it's created more intrigue around the league for a lot of these teams that could have been satisfied with just searching for that right matchup and being okay with, with your seating. Instead, you've got this whole other element involved that's made many of these games more valuable than they otherwise would have been. So we got, we're, we're seeing a sample of it with, with the trailblazers and uh, just these, you know, cliche, but must win games. And guys, that's that's where we're headed right now. Even with this tough loss, we we head to question number two. The Blazers can still assure the sixth seed if they beat the Nuggets on Sunday. So let's look ahead at the game. What is your key to a Blazers win against the Nuggets? Well, let's go into this question assuming that the Lakers and Mavericks both take care of business on Saturday against the Pacers and Raptors, respectively. That way, everything's still up in the air, and the Blazers have to play to win on Sunday. We can talk about other scenarios if we want you know, later in the podcast, but let's just assume that for this. Um, the Blazers and Nuggets have played twice this season so far. The Nuggets have won both. Um, on February 23rd, they won by five, and on April 21st, they beat the Blazers by one. In the first game, the Blazers didn't have McCollum or Nurkic. The Nuggets were at full strength. Cantor was starting at center, and he had a pretty good game. He put up 16 and 14, but Jokic went crazy in that game at 41 points, was completely dominant. But the Blazers were in that game, came up a bit short in the end. The April 21st game, you saw the difference that Nurkic makes for the Blazers. The Blazers held the Nuggets to 106 points, and even though Jokic had 25, Nurkic really made him work for those 25 points. Portland shot the ball poorly. Dame, CJ, and, and Powell were 5 for 21 from 3, but they lost by one point and they had a chance to win it at the end. Powell missed a floater at the buzzer, if you remember that game. So my keys are kind of based off of those two performances. Key number one is Nurkic has to stay on the court. This kind of goes back to what Max was talking about from last night's game. So Nurkic has to stay engaged. He has to make smart choices. He can't you know, lose his, his emotional control. He has to stay out of foul trouble. He generally gets up for games against Jokic and his former team. And sometimes, many times, it's gone well for him. But the Blazers need Nurkic on the court against Jokic. 
So he has to avoid silly frustration fouls or unnecessary fouls. He has to make Jokic work. Jokic is going to get his points, but you got to make him work for it. Nurkic doesn't even have to outplay Jokic. He just has to stay out of foul trouble and be on the court defending Jokic for as many minutes as he can handle. Key number two for me is you need to have good games from at least two of the Blazers' three main guards. Against Denver this season, Lillard is averaging 23.5 points, and he's shooting 41% from the field and 29% from three. So he has to be better. In the one-point loss last month, McCollum and Powell, neither of them were very sharp. Powell had 17 points on four of 10 shooting and missed three of four from three. McCollum had 14 points. He was six of 13 from the field. He missed five of seven from three. I think Dame has to be Dame in this game, put up the kind of scoring and shooting numbers that he's been putting up during this hot streak. And at least one of CJ and Norm have to put up good scoring and shooting numbers. I think if you get that, if you keep Nurkic on the court, if you get, you know, peak Dame that we've been seeing over the past uh, couple weeks, and if you get at least one of CJ and Norm to put up good scoring numbers and shoot the ball well, I think the Blazers will be able to win this game on Sunday. Yeah, Jared, um, I think you nailed it. I'll, I'll keep my keys pretty short from a Blazers perspective. Just keep playing the way they've been playing over these last 11 games, going back to that win over Indiana. The offense has been great, and the defense has been much improved. I think if they play as well and as hard on Sunday as they played against Utah and Phoenix, I think they can beat Denver. Um, Jerry, you, I agree with you about Nurkic. I'd like to see him keep his composure a little bit better, shoot a little bit more efficiently. I think he can do both. However, I want to bring something up from Denver's point of view. It seems to me it might be in their interest to lose to Portland on Sunday. I could be completely wrong on this, but it's not going to stop me from speaking into a microphone about it right now. So hear me out. I think the most likely situation on Sunday morning will be Denver is going to be able to lock in a first-round matchup with Dallas, the 4-5, if they lose to the Blazers. That hinges on a couple other results, like Dallas beating Toronto on Friday night. Toronto's resting all their guys. But So you might ask, why would Denver want to play Dallas in the first round if Dallas won the series, season series 2-1 against them? And my answer to that question is to avoid playing the Lakers in the first round. So Denver, could they could rest or pull their stars early. They could lock in a 4-5 matchup with Dallas, which would lock Portland into 6 and the Lakers into 7. This, I mean, it's far from guaranteed, I, but I think Denver would be wise to go that route if the path is there. But that brings me to the Clippers. They might be trying to avoid the Lakers, too. Their last two games are against the Rockets and the Thunder, and they might, might be trying to out-tank the tankers. <laughs> on, on, on Friday night, they're going to be without Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Reggie Jackson, Pat Beverly, Terrence Mann. This is incredible. This oh, is my incredible. gosh. <laughs> it, it, it definitely makes sense to me that the Clippers would also want to avoid the Lakers in the first round because after last season's total collapse up 3-1 against Denver in the bubble, a first-round loss to the Lakers this year, that could devastate the franchise and just force an immediate rebuild so it's a long-winded answer but i, I kind of think there there's a decent chance that this could be one of those like denver 
pulls their pulls their guys early in the first half. They don't play in the second half, and Blazers fans can relax. Now, maybe that's not the case. The Blazers are in control. They just need to keep playing as well as they've been playing, and I think they're going to get what they want, which is a win. That's awesome. Um, and that that makes sense. I mean, you think that teams are always going to be competitive and try to try to win, but we've seen this before where teams have tried to kind of maneuver their way into the matchup that they want in the postseason. You've seen that in years past. And so it's really interesting, like when you were explaining why the Nuggets might do it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And then when you brought up the Clippers, like, oh my gosh, they were going to have like a, a tank, a tankathon here. Um, well, that's, that's super interesting. So the Blazers might get, might get lucky anyway with a, with Maybe. the rest there's of the Denver a, there's team. A chance. Yeah. yeah. I'm all about tanking the tankers. Oh man, <laughs> that is hilarious. And like you said, um, teams have all have all done it. I mean, the Blazers just sucked at it. Remember? I mean, yeah. they tried to tank against the Kings, rest all their guys, not worry about it, lose. The Anthony game. Simons was like, "I got and, these guys," and he had <laughs> Anthony Simons wanted all the smoke. Like they he were, didn't they get were, the memo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it's all going to be super intriguing to to see the dust settle uh, on on Sunday because there, there's so much, and the Lakers being where they're at just like messes everything up because whether teams want to admit it or not, you want to stay as far away from them as possible if you know LeBron and AD are even remotely healthy. Like you just don't want to go there. Like let them go through a few teams before you got to face them. So from the Clippers standpoint, if that's possible, I say, why not? If, if you're the Clippers, like give yourself the best opportunity to get as far down the road as you can. And even from the Blazers perspective, that's what I was thinking about with, with the five seed. If, if things obviously play out the way they were is you're like, Oh man, if we could lock up the five seed, we stay as far away as possible from both LA teams. You let them beat up on each other. That way, when, you know, if you happen to make it through, you've given yourself the best opportunity possible uh, to make a, a deep run. So that was another bummer that I was thinking about with the, the five seed. But uh, back to just some of those keys to the game. Uh, Jared, I think you nailed it. You know, you, you definitely need Nurkic to be Nurkic. Uh, I was really impressed when I saw him play at Utah and the way that the offense was being ran through him. He was so heavily involved. The ball was constantly in his hands. He was, uh, if not, he was screening. Like, he was, he's just so active offensively, and it opens up so many doors, not just for, for Dame, who they have amazing chemistry with, but the other guys on, on the floor as well, and it's opening up spot-up shots for Mello, for Powell. So that leads me to my next point, and that's three-point shooting. And uh, they've lived and died by the three most of the season, and that golden number of 42% has been huge for this team and was, was unbeaten up until Phoenix where, you know, they shot 45%, I believe, and still couldn't win the game. But they've been so good when they shoot the three ball at a high level that um, I, I think that the three ball will be, will be a, a key to this game if the Nuggets are, are, you know, playing their guys and we get another realistic, uh, you know, playoff matchup. So knock down the three ball. And their, their offense, in a lot of ways, has been their best defense. And you mentioned turnovers, not just from Nurkic, but Dame had a, 
a series of back-to-back -back turnovers, just uncharacteristic plays with Dame. And uh, the Blazers have been really good at taking care of the ball, and they've, they've prided themselves on that uh, and not having a lot of turnovers. They were above their average in the Suns. And when you're splitting hairs in one-point games, like all of that stuff matters. And so take care of the ball, involve Yusuf Nurkic, Nurkic be Nurk, and knock down the three ball. And I think the Blazers have a great opportunity to win this game at home where hopefully home court matters again now that the Blazers are, are at full strength again. And it's just been, it's, it's been a treat to see this team at the end of the year do what they do historically over the past, you know, five, six, seven, eight seasons since Damian Lillard has been here. When they get down to these stretches where they just get on a roll this year, it's, it's nine, and, nine for 11 last year. Uh, they also had a nice run before the, the, you know, and then going into the bubble before getting swept out and, you know, the, the Nurk fever season, like they've just, they've done this year after year and they they're giving themselves a great opportunity playing their best basketball at the right time to do something in the postseason. And now it's just going to come down to matchups and hopefully they get a favorable one that bodes well for them. And, you know, that five seed is, is what's, uh, what, what gets to me is I'm like, you, you had a chance there to, to really have a much more favorable matchup than you will if you end up having to face the Clippers or someone like that in the playoffs. But first things first, you got to get there. You've got to lock up that sixth seed, and that starts with the Nuggets. Yeah, I don't mean like all I can think about now is the, the Nuggets and where they're – they must – I mean, they can be looking at this like – the only way to guarantee that the Lakers get into the playing round and maybe even, you know, have a chance then of not getting into the playoffs at all. So you don't have to worry about the Lakers at all is guaranteeing that Portland wins on Sunday is no matter what the Lakers do. If Portland wins on Sunday, the Lakers are in the plan. And then, you know, yes, you probably think the Lakers are going to, to win and, and get into the playoffs anyway, but if they face off against Steph Curry and the Warriors, you never know. You never know with stuff. Um, now they'll probably get in, but it's wishful thinking probably that the Lakers won't make it into the playoffs. But man, well, that's you never know. You never know if LeBron James could yeah. aggravate his ankle again. You know, there's it's a it's a fine line. Yeah, and you're for, you're forced to play an extra game against a good team. You know, like the mileage adds up. It just does, and you saw it in in the bubble with the Blazers. You know, they did all that work. Uh, just to get into the tournament, so to speak. And by the time they got there, Dame was out of gas. You know, he was done. So, like, that, these little things matter, and having the Lakers in that play-in and be put to the test right away, you know, you're just putting miles on those players, especially a guy like LeBron who's coming back from that ankle injury. That's why avoiding the play-in for the Blazers is, is so important, too. It's mm -hmm. to be able to get that rest before the playoffs begin. Yeah, in a season this compressed, days off are exponentially more valuable. Yep. Guys, this is, has been a nice, safe space to get through that, that game and look ahead. So now let's, let's make some predictions with question number three on how the playoff race finishes. Of the Blazers, Mavericks, and Lakers, which team finishes fifth, which team is sixth, and which team falls seventh and is headed to the play-in? I think you have to hope for spoilers here. Yes, the Blazers need to take care of business, but no one should feel bad about accepting a little help. 
The Mavericks and Lakers should definitely be favored in each of their final two games. The Mavericks should beat the Raptors and T-Wolves. The Lakers should beat the Pacers and the Pelicans. But if any of those teams can rise up and play spoiler, that would be ideal. And you have to really look at it. If, if the Lakers could lose on Saturday, assuring that the Blazers get the sixth seed, the Blazers could then make a decision about, do we tank this game ourselves on Sunday? You know, not tank it, because at that point it wouldn't really matter if you win or not. Maybe you get the five seed. But you could rest all of your main rotation players. And because they haven't played since Thursday, you could guarantee seven or eight days of rest for all of your main players before the first round begins. So you want to be hoping for a Lakers loss on Saturday to kind of kind of set this in, in motion and the Blazers know exactly wh where they're going to be. Uh, There's so many scenarios here. You can't try to unpack them all. Um, what you do need to know is if the Lakers lose either of their, their final two games, the Blazers are guaranteed at least a sixth seed. If the Lakers win their final two, Portland does have to beat Denver on Sunday to avoid the plan. The scenarios surrounding the five seed, the Mavericks, the potential for three-way ties, there are just too many of them. It's a little too convoluted to share all of them here. But basically, if you want the Blazers to avoid the plan, it's one win for the Blazers or one loss for the Lakers, and that gets it done. I do think that the Mavericks and Lakers will win out. I think the Blazers will beat the Nuggets on Sunday. So if that happens, the Mavericks will be the five seed, the Blazers will be the six seed, and the Lakers will finish as the seven seed. And that most likely, though nothing's set in stone yet, means the Blazers will probably play the Clippers in the first round, though it could still be the Nuggets. The Mavericks would play the Nuggets or the Clippers, and the Lakers would play the Warriors or the Grizzlies in the first play-in game. If you look at the Warriors and Grizzlies, that's inter interesting too. Right now, they're tied by record. They're tied 1-1 in their season series, and they play each other in the final game of the regular season on Sunday. So that could determine who the Lakers play in the first play-in game. So there's a lot still undecided, super interesting, but I think the Blazers will end up as the sixth seed, put the Mavericks in at the five and the Lakers at the seven. Yeah, I think um, a spoiler, like you said, that would be nice. But I think Blazers fans need to go about their daily lives expecting Dallas and expecting the Lakers to win both games. The Pacers yep. do have something to play for. They're clinging to the nine spot in the East, trying to hold off the Wizards. So they're going to be trying. But, I mean, they've got some injuries right now. They had Karis LeVert and Sabonis get hurt in their last game. So I don't know who's going to be there. So I think Blazers fans just got to expect Lakers and Mavs take care of business. I've got the same prediction as you, Jared. I got Dallas five, Lakers six. I mean, Blazers six, Lakers seven. I think it's going to be Blazers, Clippers in the first round. It's not a good matchup. Mm -mm. Um, and you brought up that Memphis-Golden State game, Jared. I, I will say this about this weekend. If you have things you want to get done, if you've got some errands, some yard work, you want to spend some time with your family, do it on Saturday. <laughs> because Sunday, you got the Blazers and the Nuggets at, at 6. But at 12.30, we've got the play-in for the play-in. And that's Golden State against Memphis. Because both those teams have two games left. But their first game doesn't matter at all. It all comes down to that Sunday game. So we've already seen both teams rule out their basically all of their best players already for Friday night. Mm. The Warriors aren't playing Steph Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, I don't think. Memphis' his entire starting five is out tonight against the Kings. They're all just getting ready for that showdown on Sunday. The winner of Sunday's game between Golden State and Memphis is the eight seed, and the loser is the nine seed and will host the Spurs. 
So it's just going to be a fun, wild day of basketball on Sunday. So get the stuff done on Saturday. Yeah, and you have the Blazers playing at 6. Both the Lakers and Mavericks both tip off at 6 o'clock as well. So nothing's right. going to be unless the, unless the Lakers or Mavericks lose on, on Saturday. Um, nothing's going to be decided until Sunday. I'm here for the life advice for Max. Please, can we get this <laughs> on a regular basis? I need that in my life right now, man. Uh, but I'm with you guys on the predictions. I, I think it, it plays out the, the way that we all think it, it will. But they got to play. And you never know. There's, there's been some head-scratching losses this year. The, the Mavericks have lost some questionable games where you're thinking, what? Especially in games that mattered, that impacted the, the race for the playoffs. So it's not a given. They still, they still got to play. But the likelihood of things really shifting at this point not very high. So yeah, chalk. I, I agree with you guys. I, I think that's how it plays out. So Saturday is going to be fun to, to get other stuff done and then just buckle up on, on Sunday. I'm listening to Max Barr. That's right. <laughs> well, man, there's, there's no one better to, to take the will who, who's on a tear right now, who is playing at a Damian Lillard like level on this podcast, but the one and only Max Barr. Wow, I don't think I've been that good, but it is great to be back with another week of Rip It. So guys, we are coming off another tie game. On our last episode, Orlando and our guest player, Adam, from Tillamook, each scored two out of five, thanks to Orlando nailing the wildcard question in clutch time once again. Tap those wrists, baby. Tap that wrist. (laughs) (laughs) And if you uh, listeners out there are hearing this and you're thinking, I could beat these guys, well, prove it. Tweet us your answers after you hear this. Show us what you've got. You can find us on Twitter at Jared Cowley. Orlando KGW, and I am at Max N. Barr. Get us those answers. We'll get you in the game. It's that easy. This week, our guest player, he's back for revenge. Marvin, (laughs) talking about practice, Iverson is returning to rip it. Marvin, good luck. And let's find out how you guys did with your picks last week. And we're going back to that victory over the Lakers. Remember that? Seems like a long time ago. Question was, who will grab the most rebounds in the game between Anthony Davis, Yusuf Nurkish, or Andre Drummond? Orlando, you said AD. Actually, you said Anthony Davis. There's two ADs in this question. Jared, you went with Andre Drummond. (laughs) And Marvin went with the Bosnian Beast in his first game back in front of fans. Anthony Davis, 12 rebounds in the game. Andre Drummond with nine. Nurkic, 13. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Well done, Marvin. Marvin is on the board. Marvelous. Marvelous, exactly. We're moving on to Blazers versus Spurs. Question was over or under 29 and a half points for Damian Lillard. Orlando and Marvin went over. Jared went under. Lillard 
scored 30 points in the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cold world. It is a cold world out there. Bundle up. Yeah. yeah. It's sunny outside, but <laughs> Rip it is cold. So Orlando and Marvin nail that one. The game against the Houston Rockets question was over or under two and a half three-pointers for Anthony Simons. All three of you guys went over. There was kind of the assumption of, of garbage time baked into this question. But Simons was under. Mm-hmm. O- only 104 from behind the three-point line. And there was real no garbage time in the game. <laughs> you had the you had the starters playing late to fend off the Rockets. So 50 Nobody... point first quarter, man. 50. Yeah. And it was still close. Come on. Moving to the Blazers at the Jazz. Question was which total will be greater? Three pointers made by Robert Covington or blocked shots by Rudy Gobert. Orlando, you said this is a pivotal moment in Rippet history with the Covington rule. <laughs> this is Covington's last stand, which I like very much. So you went with Covington. Jared, you went with Rudy Gobert and the blocks. And Marvin said Dame is going to play Gobert off the floor. So he took mm-hmm. Covington. Covington made one three-pointer in the game. Gobert had one block. So we all tie that one. I can't remember. Is that a point or not a point? I mean, either everybody gets it or nobody gets it. It, it doesn't matter. So doesn't no, matter. Nobody, nobody gets it. Good question I mean, it, it matters, by me, though, I guess. It might be the difference between like getting shut out and getting one point. I mean, I have to take some moral victories yeah, I, here I this guess, season. Yeah. That's all I have to live for. <laughs> I guess you're right. I didn't think about the shutdown <laughs> aspect. All right, wild card question time. And this was focused on the game against the Lakers. The question was, which quarter in that game will be the Blazers' highest scoring quarter? Hmm. Jared, you said the first quarter. Orlando and Marvin both said the third quarter. Oh, no, Marvin, Marvin won this thing. Oh, man. First quarter was correct, Jared. 34 points for the Blazers, so you avoid the shutout. Yay. But Orlando's right. Marvin locks up the victory two out of five. Jared, you and Orlando, one out of five each. Mm. Shout out to Marvin Iverson coming in as the guest and getting the Rip It win. Guys, give Marvin some love. Oh, for sure. Man, when Nate used to be on this podcast and he'd beat me in in Rip It, it it would ruin my week. But Marvin winning, I'm happy for Marvin. <laughs> Marvin's awesome. Go Marvin. Wow. Is that is that a Marvin jersey in the background? <laughs> I'm waving. Oh. oh man. Yeah, appreciate you, uh, Marvin, coming into our house and, and winning like that. How rude of you. <laughs> but no, nah, props, man. We we appreciate you uh, joining and, and getting in on Rip It. It's it's always a lot of fun. Um, Keeps us on our toes. Congrats, man. Run that's it back. The first, that's the first listener win. Yep. Congratulations. History. Way to, way to go, Marvin. All right. We're looking for a new guest player this week. And this week's Rip It, there's one game left. It's all about one game. 
Nice. The Sunday season finale against the Denver Nuggets. Here we go. First question. Who will finish with the most assists? Will it be Nikola Jokic, Facundo Campazzo, <laughs> or Damian Lillard? Give me Dame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll take Dame as well. All right. After everything I laid out earlier about the Nuggets, I think that swayed you guys a little bit. Oh, <laughs> totally, dude. That's all I have on my mind right now. <laughs> yeah. That's that's my bad. <laughs> all right, let's see what you do with this one. Over or under 25 and a half points for Michael Porter Jr.? Under. I'll switch it up. I'll, I'll, I'll say over. <clears throat> yeah, it goes right. your heart, man. <laughs> Okay, next question. Which Blazer will make the most three-pointers? Robert Covington, Norman Powell, or Carmelo Anthony? Give me Melo with the bounce-back game. Three to the dome, baby. Yeah, that was a rough one against the Suns for Melo. All right, three to the dome it is. Next question, over or under 22.5 points for CJ? Give me the over. Let's bump those numbers up. <laughs> bump those numbers up. I'll take the over. <laughs> All right. And the wild card question, the final wild card question for the season. How many Blazers will score in double figures against the Nuggets? I'll let you go first, Orlando. I'll go six. Okay. I will go. I will go with five. All right. I'm tempted to go with four because I've won that question with four the last two times, but I'm going to go with five. I've got a feeling it's going to come down to that one. We yep. will find out on our next episode. Good times as always. Max, you've you've nailed it with the uh, wild cards, man. The the suspense <laughs> has been there the past couple of weeks. You're. You are already in, in playoff form for Rip It. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I love it watching you guys remember what the wild card question was when I read it, when it comes down to that question every week. That's a highlight <laughs> for me. Uh, I think it's somehow. me hanging my head every week. <laughs> <laughs> you just got the wild card question. You got the first quarter against the Lakers. <laughs> yes, I did. I avoided the shutout. Yeah. <laughs> Good for me. <laughs> yep. Somehow, thanks to Rip It, after a game and we get the uh, the box scores digitally, one of the first things I end up looking at is how many players are in double figures. Yeah. I, I blame that on Rip It. Like, I would only care about that if, like, eight or nine players were in double figures. Now that's, like, one of the first things I look at. Rip It, you have ruined me. <laughs> You're just doing your research, man. You're tracking this. <laughs> Yeah. No wonder you win so often. (laughs) 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 Got to stay ready. Got to stay ready. (laughs) Guys, uh, another great podcast in the books. It's been a lot of fun, especially the the past two weeks. It's even more enjoyable when we have some fun stuff to talk about as the the Blazers are winning games and, you know, the the excitement of the playoffs is, is really heating up. So, Here we go, baby. We're down to the final game of the regular season, and 
I think like a lot of us anticipated, this game would matter. Here we are. Yep. Down to the final game. So get ready. It's going to be fun. Buckle up for our KGW 3-on-3 Blazers playoff edition. Get ready for it, y'all. Thank you so much for rocking with us. Until next time, see ya.